Welcome to BFC Live, the daily video and podcast series of Business of Cannabis. BFC Live highlights the company's brands, people, and trends driving the global cannabis sector. Learn more at businessofcannabis.com. On this morning's BOC Live, we connect with Darren Karasik. He's the Chief Executive Officer at Nova Cannabis. They uh, are, of course, Nova Cannabis, but also Value Buds, a Canadian cannabis retail chain. We wanted to connect with him about those two cannabis retail properties, but also about the industry overall and where he believes cannabis retail is going in Canada. I wanted to connect with you because uh, you have a, a storied career in uh, Canadian cannabis. Um, and although it, I'm looking at LinkedIn right now, it started way, way back uh, in the mid uh, 20-teens, which does seem like a long time ago. Um, talk about, I guess, if you look at the arc of that, so when you first got into cannabis to today, what's the one thing? If there was one thing you point to that's like, God, I can't believe that happened. And now we're here. The one thing that happened. Oh, wow. Um, I thought I'd kick it off with a trick question. Yeah, no, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's a good one. I, I suppose, I think that the speed of the cycle, if you will, has been really the one thing that stands out, right? We, we were all kind of opportunistic, not opportunistic, but um, you know, we're really positive on this industry and on this sector. And, you know, listen, we knew it was going to grow, didn't know how, how long it was going to take to grow and medical and rec came along and all these thoughts, but just, just the explosion of things, the pace with which we've gone that entire cycle, right. From, from those early days on the LP side of things, you know, I remember analysts and then, you know, uh, you know, counting lights and, and basing valuations on companies based on the number of grow lights, right? Then it pivoted to licenses, then it was funded capacity, and then it was this, and then everything's gonna change. And then, you know, then, then everyone's kind of realized, oh, okay, um, you know, the, on the LP side of things, just, just the speed with which that, is, that has happened and kind of compare and contrast the speed of that with, I'll say, I'll call it the relative slowness on the product side of things in terms of anything that I would call really truly transformative. Um, so, so sort of interestingly, two diverging uh, paces of development there, I think are, are probably most of a surprise. Uh, I guess that brings up the question like, is there a time where there will be this equilibrium almost? And, and I don't mean like between... Um, you know, capacity and products all, but like where, because as you're saying that like the pace was amazing and like from the LP side and then not only the product side, but also just the retail capacity and which we're going to talk about, but like just the places to go buy cannabis, especially in Ontario, just really weren't there, but now they are catching up and now we may be getting closer to there. The products may be catching up the right sizing of like the production capacity and all those things. Like, is there a time that you see where we do reach an equilibrium where we could say, okay, this is what a sort of steady state market looks like and now everybody can adjust. Or is that, is that, excuse the pun, is that a pipe dream? No, I don't think so. I don't think it's, you know, uh, I think that 
that understanding of sort of what the actuality of the marketplace is going to look like will arrive. But the caveat to that, though, is when you start seeing, uh, you know, the introduction of cannabinoids into mainstream products, right? CBD in your, you know, product X made by whatever, you know, that's going to change things again in terms of pace. So I think the, the answer there is a lot of it's going to be sort of, you know, the, the, the increases in pace, the, the pickups, if you will, are going to be a function of either some step change technology um, or in, you know, cannabis as we know it, becoming introduced into mainstream products more prominently, or maybe even into more mainstream uh, occasions, right? You know, cannabis now, um, you know, still can't consume it. It's, it's you know, in, a, in a bar or restaurant type setting, right? It's not there. When those things start to happen, then I think you're going to see another one. But I think in the short term, what the market's finding out, certainly on the LP side of things, is, is where this steady state is coming to look at. And, you know, the, the truth of the matter is, uh, Jay, that, you know, the, so much of that hype early on was, was predicated on this idea of the aspirational consumer, right? Um, and that aspirational consumer hasn't turned up yet. Um, as I often say, you know, the, um, uh, that, you know, Lululemon wearing um, soccer mom, soccer dad, whatever, swapping out their Pinot Grigio for Pink Kush um, just hasn't happened in any, in any meaningful way. So uh, it's going to take some time before that. But that core consumer base, right, um, you know, the legacy consumer, if you will, that, you know, they've been around before legalization. They haven't gone anywhere. Um, and they're still migrating slowly but surely from the unregulated market to the regulated market. And that's where, you know, I think you're certainly in the short term going to see the biggest growth at the retail level. And you're certainly seeing that when it comes to product categories and what's most appealing for, for the categories that are in fact out there, right? Indeed, that's the entire premise behind what we're doing with, with Value Buds is recognizing this isn't about an aspirational consumer. That'll come, but it's about understanding the current consumer, the proven consumer, the proven marketplace and providing a service offering to them, which is something that has been largely ignored in years past. Yeah, and it's interesting because almost exactly a year ago, right now, um, there I was on the OCS website and I think it was um, Pure Sun Farms had like a 28 gram bag, like a big bag of weed that happened to coincide the launch with COVID. And we were talking to retailers and they were saying, that's what people want right now, right? They, they want the bigger formats. They want the value formats in that case because well, first of all, we were in lockdown and they wanted to not go to the store very often or wanted to deliver once, not 700 times. But like I, I, my sense is that has stayed. I want to check with you because obviously you're now you're the CEO um, of Value Buds and, and, the, and the footprint. Like, is that what you're seeing sort of in the, in the data and the insights, but also where you think the world is going, especially with those sort of legacy consumers who are buying, I don't know if it's 80% of the cannabis products, but it's, it's a good chunk. Yeah, well, that's exactly what we're what we're seeing there, right? I mean, you're seeing some experimentation at you know three and a half eighths, or for the Ontario crowd of a certain vintage half quarters, um, it's out there. Um, you're shaking your head because you know exactly. It's good what I'm math. Talking. It's at least it's good math. <laughs> yeah, 
Um, the uh, you're seeing a lot of that, but then it's it's a it's a migration up to the big banks, right? Um, people are testing and figuring out what they in fact might like to try in the marketplace, but seem to be jumping up to the big bags pretty aggressively. Big bags are still um, still flying off off the shelf that's there, right? And again, um, the legacy consumer, right? That's that's largely what it's about, you know. And if you can pick up an ounce now for you know less than a hundred bucks, um, that that's a that's a good deal. So, uh, you know, the consumer's still doing that math in their head about uh, they're still looking at THC and they're still looking at price to THC. You know, doing that mental math when they're in the store about what the best deals are there. Um, that's very much where where we're seeing things. Concentrates continue to pick up for sure. Um, vapes, as those are starting to develop, uh, I think you're going to see when you start seeing extracts kind of come along. Yeah, there are some in the product uh, in the in the pipeline now and some in the marketplace. But when you start seeing more and more of that, the kind of products that legacy consumers really enjoyed, um, starting to see those at a decent quality, a decent price point then that migration, uh, we believe, will certainly accelerate uh, through to, uh, to the regulated channel. Yeah. Talk a little bit about um, uh, value buds in particular, because I, I think we connected maybe through LinkedIn because we have one at Bloor, well, one getting ready at Bloor and Lansdowne, but now I realize there's another one at Bloor, like in Bathurst area, I believe. Like, um, obviously the footprint is expanding. The signs say, I think getting ready for 200 stores throughout Canada. Talk a little bit about that because uh, that is a massive expansion, obviously. Um, but now it seems more realistic than if you said it like a year ago. People would be like, "That's never going to happen." Like, but 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 talk a little bit about that expansion, sort of how you get to there, and sort of the game plan to sort of that, that you're planning against. Sure. Um, before that, though, I'm going to thank you in advance for your patronage to that store that's <laughs> sure. close to your house. Um, and I certainly look back for uh, for your feedback in terms of when that one opens and, and what, what you Well, it's, it's even even a store being built there is a is an improvement from what it was prior. Uh, it was a it was a 24 hour coffee time. I much prefer even a, a value buds getting ready to open up than a coffee time open 24 hours a day. Sorry, all you coffee time fans, if any of you are watching. <laughs> Don't think you have to worry about that. But <laughs> uh, I think you're. You're uh, welcome. Listen, the Value Buds story is again at the heart of it is a recognition of, uh, of what the proven market is all about, right? Uh, you know, in terms of my background, you know, as you might be aware, I, I did the first work ever in terms of understanding the cannabis consumer in terms of marketplace segmentations and uh, analysis and you know, authored that, that Deloitte study way back in the day and all the rest of it. And what we knew then is what we knew now, which is 20% of the adult consumers consume 70% of the product that's out there. And they tend to be a value-focused consumer, right? Um, and so that was really the genesis of what we saw. And, and in the case of uh, Value Buds, which is the banner under Nova, we had the benefit to test that hypothesis out in Alberta, which we did last year, of four stores and saw just incredible growth and we says, all right, we're going to drop the prices on these products way down and really see what, what this is all about. And we're talking about 250 plus percent sales lifts, um, which, was, which was just massive. And that really went, okay, we get it. 
And again, because Nova is, is it's my majority shareholder is Alcana, which is a liquor retailer out west, you know, they've been playing this, this value game for a long time. They wrote the book on it in liquor. So that really helped. When you kind of roll all that up together, uh, it gives us, I know, a strategy where there's uh, absolute demand in terms of the consumer base that's out there. And we have the backing of this entire group that's been doing this for a couple of years uh, to be able to execute on it. And it's got the experience not only doing it in cannabis, but got the experience doing it in, in liquor as well. There's a lot of parallels uh, across the board. So we've got this track record of being able to expand rapidly. Uh, we have the back office, we have all the skills from HR to legal to construction to finance to real estate, you name it. It's all there and it's all been battle tested in terms of an ability to roll out. One of the other advantages we have is because we've got this backing, when it comes to negotiating with landlords, you know, you'll often hear landlords say, well, we, you know, we're thinking about opening up, allowing cannabis in here, but you know, it, it's two folks who never run a business who are trying to, there's, there's a risk associated with that. You know, with us and with our backing and our balance sheet, we de-risk it for landlords. So they're like, yep, come on in, we get what you're doing. Uh, and that's really helping us with our expansion plans. We've, uh, on the closing of our most recent transaction, we had 53 stores operating. Um, and now we've got dozens in process now, uh, most of which are, are in Ontario and some still in Alberta. We're starting to see Alberta stores coming and saying, you know, we want out, will you, you take us over? Will you we take our stores? So if it, if it makes sense, we're absolutely gonna be looking at those opportunities. And that's really how we're gonna do it. I think the other part, Jay, too, is because we're so focused on one core consumer, right? Um, we're focused on certain geographies that we know make sense, right? We're, we're not, if you take a look at, you know, some parts of downtown, you're not gonna find us in Rosedale, right? You're not gonna find us on Bloor West, uh, you know, down by, by Holtz and the like there. You know, we're focused on areas that are largely underserved in the, in the we'll call it the 407 or the 905 corridor that's out there. So that's where we're, that's where we're looking. There's a lot of opportunities. We're being smart about the acquisitions that we're, we're contemplating. We're being smart about the, the leases that we're looking at. We know what works, we know what doesn't work. Um, we've got these great relationships with landlords as well. They're helping us get in good positions for, for our continued growth. So that's how we're gonna be uh, doing it. We're awfully, awfully uh, optimistic about, uh, about those numbers for sure. Well, when you say all those things, it's like, it's, um, it's taking everything that's obviously happened to date on the what consumers are buying, right? And sort of doing the strategy and analytics around that. But then it's also around what works from a retail perspective and how and where and why people want to buy. So it seems seems spot on to what, what we see happening, certainly in Ontario and obviously Alberta, maybe even a little bit ahead of where we are here in terms of um, uh, uh, you know, density and all those things and sort of learning from consumers. But, I, but I, I appreciate it. And I'm hopeful that at some point, I don't know, six, three, six, five months from now, we'll be able to have this conversation at the uh, Bloor Lansdowne location in person, um, quasi post COVID. If, uh, if you're open to that, Darren, I'd love to, uh, love to see you there with a microphone. Yeah, absolutely, Jay, All right. very much well, so. 
I appreciate it. Uh, one of these hats is coming your way. So uh, you're good with that. Uh, Darren, thanks for making time. We look forward to connect with you down the road and uh, see you soon. Thank you, sir. Take care. was Darren Karasik of Nova Cannabis. If you like this program, please rate us and review us wherever you found it. Thank you for joining us on B of C Live today. We're able to do what we do thanks to our ongoing partners, including Cannabis at Work, Cannabis Benchmarks, Can Delta, Headset, Gallagher, and Torque and Maine.